Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> corporate allies. Our corporate overlords. I mean, allies. I don't know why we have a culture that says that you should be apathetic. The problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves and wiser people so full of doubts. The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. Welcome to the morning show. We're back on the morning. We were on the evenings. So, yeah, we're tired for a different reason now. But we're just shit-talking the all-in podcast. Rich people. Which is four billionaires who talk about politics. Oh, my God. I just blew into the microphone, like, a lot. Um, Just blow into the microphone. The reason I was saying that I think that David Sachs is, of the four, the most human. Like, he seems the most human. Like, there's something else he's got a little bit more of is because of where he's from. And he's from South Africa, and, you know, we don't know about South Africa. I'm pretty sure. I think that's... I feel like that's probably why there's an affinity between him and Elon. Oh, I mean, you can fact check me on that. Yeah, I will. But South Africa, I've known, I know someone, I dated someone whose mother was very South African. Like, yes, from South Africa. You were right. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff that like happens, people don't know this, but like the stuff that happens around the world, like politically, uh socially like we don't get the right we don't get the the true story ever yeah. like it's never true mm. the, what they tell us so nowadays i don't know i literally because i dated this girl before i was really like smart you know like before i knew like a lot of stuff about anything at all like before i was even interested in just stuff like you i was just, just interested like in like being a teenager drug addict. yes <laughs> she her mom lived in that country that doesn't even exist anymore uh, Rhodesia. Rhodesia, yeah. And then it became like Zimbabwe. And then she was ended up in, like, I think she was born there. And then she ended up in South Af- South Africa. So all I knew is what she had told me. And mm. then she eventually ended up in America. And so I always understood it as just like the most confusing, strange, kind of backwards, because all we know about our own history as far as like race relations and that kind of thing, as far as it touches the political world, is like so different. You know, it's so they give it to us literally, so literally black and white. And I think that's what people think now. I don't even know what people think because I got that other info so early, but I feel like people think that South Africa was like the white man just like murdering black people. And that is like not how I understood it. Or how it was explained mm. to me at all, like oh, at well, how all. was it explained? Because the all I know is a, apartheid, which was there was minority rule by whites in the country at some point, which was ended by people like Desmond Tutu. Yeah, we should and Nelson I mean, Mandela. I, I, her mother was so old, like that. Her parents were ridiculously old. 
so her mom has got to be so she's like my age but her mom's got to be like 80 or something like they're so freaking they were like in their oh, 70s wow. when i knew them but I mean, what i'm saying is i don't know if she's still fully with it i don't things. know yeah. yeah the way i i understood it was just i just knew it was very nuanced there were so like anytime there's like conflict things get stupid you know like especially sure. along like yeah. racial lines it's like there are components of it that are just so on its face just dumb and you see that if you actually mm. read our history like if i have a book about lincoln and that dude said everything there was to say about black people. He said, <laughs> Good, bad, we should left, free right, black center. people. <laughs> the black people are the most horrible thing that ever touched the earth. We need to get them out of this country. If I could end the Civil War without freeing a single black person, I would do it. I mean, or, and also, I think all men are created equal. We should free all of them. Like, so you people just pick and choose what they want to believe about what who Lincoln was and what the war was about and all of this stuff. And eventually gets boiled down into the most basic, ridiculous thing ever, except for mm -hmm. where there's still strong culture, like the Deep South or like certain places in the North, whatever, you know. And then you people are just obsessed with destroying the vestiges of that. And I think the reason people get so up, been out of shape about it is because it doesn't fit their narrative because it's not the narrative because that's not what those people wanted. They aren't people that want to have like the Gadsden or not the Gadsden flag, but the uh, oh, my God, what is that flag? Even the Georgia flag, any flag that the has Confederate the, flag. The, there we go. <laughs> people think that means like you just hate black people. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. mean that. Well, it's a lot more complicated than that. You could least. probably go south enough than black people probably have that flag in their yard. Like, there's places in Georgia that are a different beast. Like, like yeah. a different yeah. thing. Like, you don't know. So you were saying that, like, South Africa, it's a lot more nuanced there, too. Like I think because he probably experienced that. So he would be kind of like... David Sachs. David Sachs would be kind of like... I mean, Davis X literally in the last episode admitted to, to donating tremendous amounts of money to, to RFK. RFK and to DeSantis. Like he's giving money to mm. both parties. So he's ha right. he's going to have some kind of nuanced human view, you know, yeah. whereas the other guys seem like aliens. Like, so Chamath, who's you're like, this is some kind of weird capitalistic fascist dictator. Don't they call him the dictator? Yes, on the podcast. They joke about that. Yes. Yeah. But he, the dictator. Yes. But he also, he just said, in the past couple of ca uh, campaign cycles, I've donated millions of dollars to the Democrats. Oh, my God. Which is the most meta. There's like, you could analyze that on like five different dimensions. Like, they call you the dictator and you're like the most intense supporter of Democrats and their policies, oh which, God. by the way, probably means that that's the party of dictatorship. Ultimately, we're getting into it. We're getting into it. You know, but it also, <laughs> but it also is very strange because he's like hyper capitalistic billionaire, right? right. Who loves the party of the people, but which also is, not you know, because that's what I was saying about him. He's like the one who's like least worked for his money in my mind, like because he just worked at Facebook at some point and then rode, he was like an early employee, but not a founding employee, but an early employee and then just became in charge. And then because the stock went, you know, to the moon and he owned so much of it, 
he became rich off of it. I'm pretty sure that's how he made most of his money. And so to me, I'm like, you're not the kind of like person who like built a company and it was really difficult. And like now you're like, we need to figure out how to create, you know, less barriers to making companies and small businesses. You're like the person who's like, I like mega business because mega business made me rich. So we don't need to throttle, you know, competition. Yeah. So I can see how his worldview is just totally uh, tilted or. But I do like some of that. his takes, though. Yeah, he's not like obviously like we're saying it's not uh, all black and white, and right. it's very complicated. Or Indian, <laughs> or, or Indian. brown, yeah, or brown. Oh my I mean, god! Can I'll we say... talk about the Liberal Party though? But go ahead. Oh well, okay. Say? Well, I was just gonna say that the thing that we were we were talking before we actually hit record about the. Um, I just think it's a great insight, even though there's really nothing to glean from it. It just like it'll sit on your brain a little bit. The guy, uh, something Friedberg, what's his? David I mean, Friedberg. David? Okay, yeah. <laughs> also so David. David Sachs and David Friedberg. There's too many Davids. Yeah. Um, a good Jewish name. He, let me, I, I should just play the clip of him hating. You have a clip. Yeah. We're waiting in line to go to the Encore Beach Club to see Kygo. That's Shamath talking. And Kygo. Me and Freeberg are at the back of the line. Everybody else has gotten through. All you guys are filtering into the booth. Kygo is tight. And Freeberg asks, can they say, take out your pockets? So I put on my phone. That's all I have, my key card. Freeberg takes out a phone, his key card, and a small bag of the salt and vinegar salted pistachios. Oh, he travels with them? (laughs) He won't leave home without them. So he has his little bag of pistachios. And they're like, no food in the club. The guy says, no food in the club. No. And he goes, what do you mean, no food? This is in a bag. It's like, it's just pistachios. Just billionaire with some pistachios in his pocket. Back and forth. He's like, I'm going to take a stand. This is outrageous. I said, Freeberg, come on, let's just go. So we go inside. This is where he takes a stand. And then he's like, can you believe it? They took my fucking pistachios. Like, these are my pistachios. He's tilted. <laughs> he's tilted. He's easily tilted. And then, and then on the way out, he's like, if I see that guy eating these pistachios. <laughs> and salty. I thought, this is a fucking Curb Your Enthusiasm skit right here. Where they're like, are those them. my pistachios? He's salty about oh those salty God. pistachios. That guy was walking through the casino later eating the pistachios. I fell that in was love Freebird. with Freebird this weekend. I had so Did much you? fun with this fucking guy. Oh, so... Interesting, so many levels of interesting there. One thing <laughs> is that it's a billionaire who has a a, po- a a bag of pistachios so small that like a peanut, like airplane peanuts, like it's just a little bag in his pocket and the guy's like, no food. It's so meta because on one level, it's like, dude, how many bags of pistachios do you have? Like, calm down, first of all. <laughs> That's not my take. Uh, what you I could was literally is, buy the whole club. <laughs> literally, you could buy you could buy the company that manufactures the pistachios. It's fine. You could have literally been like, "Here's yeah, here, give, let me take the pistachios. Here's fifty bucks. Like, chill." So that's one level. At the at the, at the same time, I what I was what I noticed about myself is I gained like a tiny modicum of respect for him because I'm like, that's so close. You could have a real epiphany here. Friedberg about who you are because he is the he's like heavily invested you made the point sultan of science the sultan of science yes he's invested in these fake creepy meat companies that are like not lab based yeah I'm not grown and actually he the more he tries to explain how like okay it is in the more details that are divulged 
the creepier and more disgusting this meat sounds like yeah disgusting like no i mean we just put it in these big steel vats and like we just keep like gooping this meat out the other end and it, i was like stop saying stuff like that's disgusting yeah. like nobody no, literally is enticed by this yeah so inconsistent too because he's like the whole point is that we're saving the animals who are having conscious experiences but then he's like but also we mutilate living bacteria and destroy their genome and inject new genomes into them so that they produce meat for us to eat and then you're like so the bacteria aren't living beings, but yeah. like the animals are. You're like, yeah, okay, we've, where's we have the fully line? cracked the code on what life is, and we know it perfectly. And this is fine, and eating animals is not fine. It's like, I mean, like blinking white man to the max. But yeah, so I'm. I, you drew up the pointed out that like, and this is me concluding that like analogy. It's like this is this is a such a good little microcosm of like the kind of reality that probably you would manifest for people if you had things your way like you are you're you're like funding the guy that's going to take away your meat you're funding the company Mm. that wants to take away the stuff out of your backyard your cow your steak your Your farmland you're just (laughs) yes i mean he paints it as like it's going to help poor people i mean all this crazy stuff but it's like it's such a moment of I don't know, whatever that is. Irony, just like, oh my God. Yeah, it is a little microcosm. And it's too, it's funny because it like, you can see almost like there's a little childish element of it where like you take a toy away from a kid and they get a little frustrated. And it's like, but that's also like world leaders. Like they don't like to get their toys taken away. And it's the, to be honest, unfortunately we have to put it in these terms, but it's like, it is the perfect example of the left. Like, uh, mm. they're they want to tell you oh my god oh okay yeah we'll talk about whatever you got to but i had some clips i think i have one about that specifically that i sent that i sent you from oh, okay. it was the hungarian i think it's like the hungarian prime minister or something was like talking about our po- politics for a moment and i was like oh that guy better not okay. say too many more things or he might have to get some democracy brought to his country <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh, let's, uh, yeah, let's hear about that. But I want to talk about the left. Yeah, we can talk about it for a second because it is like that. You were saying, um, yeah, they're kind of like the dictator party. And me and Michael were talking about this this past weekend. And because it's Pride Month, you know, happy Pride, everyone. Dude, I love love the memes, the memes. It is the most chaotic month of the year. No one knows how to feel about it. Gay people are, like, divided on whether or not they want the company to support them. Liberals and conservatives get divided about every issue, even whether they're gay or not. So I saw this meme, and it was like, it was like companies in June be like... And then it had a picture of like Olive Garden, but it, like the advertising for it was all like gay and rainbow. And then <laughs> oh the, ta- the tagline, so it was like businesses be like, be- businesses in June be like, and then Olive Garden, when you're here, you're gay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. So it's it's so weird on so many levels. I will just say... I don't like it. I wish companies would stop. I wish everything would stop being rainbow. I wish companies would stop virtue signaling. I just wish it would stop. I don't care, okay? I don't care. I don't want it. 
and it would be better does it if we make didn't you have feel, any of it. Does it make you feel like this is just a feeling that I get like almost vicariously <laughs> where it's like, do you feel like when this all starts happening, it's like you're not gay? It's like that. There's like that. It's also, this may be like insensitive, but there's like an element that's kind of like blackface or something like it's like gay face Mm. like companies are like putting on like this is what gay is and you're like oh my god that's incredibly insensitive please stop um i think that's how trans is a little bit it's like oh my god woman face you know it's like yo do you think that because you're you have a weird sexual fetish that you are like actually like a woman like you understand like what it's like to go through puberty and have the traumatizing experience specific to women and all of the hormonal cycles of the moon and i mean you think that you that you're like but i identify it's like it doesn't actually you those are just words you just can you can say i identify as a woman but that doesn't mean anything because you're you're not having a period you're not having yeah anything close to what a female is experiencing but uh yeah no it's interesting you brought that up too because I heard this, and I wanted to bring this up on the pod to get your take on this, but someone pointed this out. I think it was Ray Kump on the Tim Dillon podcast, uh, but he was saying- Weird name. It's, yeah, it's a weird name, but uh, he has his own podcast too. Anyways. Uh, I feel like I like him. I feel like I've heard his stuff on, yeah, on Tim he's Dillon a, mostly. He's pretty interesting. He's an interesting guy, and one of the things he said was like, it's really strange to me how people haven't picked up in pop culture on like- the difference between drag queens and trans and he's like i find it really strange that like somehow they're all looped together and it's as if drag queens are advocates for the trans community and he's like but you would think that like an actual trans person would be like no that person's just dressing up like that person's not actually a woman and they're not trying oh to God. be a it's woman it's so meta they're like doing blackface or they're doing trans face yeah, you know, under under like that really under those weird. auspices or whatever you want to call it, like that's like it's like wow, we are like iterating, but one came first in a way, you know. It's like because I actually am at least culturally, more, I feel like drag queens were more culturally relevant before trans was culturally relevant. Yeah, I feel like they almost that almost makes sense. Drag shows almost make sense to me. It's like because it is a little bit they're usually a little hypersexual. They're kind of funny it's like a show you know yeah it's adult entertainment it's kind of like literally it's kind of like a a strip club or something like i i'll i have less opinions on that because a strip club is a defined thing right and no like the strippers aren't going like we need to have stripper story story hour we need to educate little girls about the possibilities of becoming a stripper and how like cool and okay that like right and i don't don't think that that trans people are doing that either so that's like the whole confusing thing because it's like it's drag story hour which is like but then that gets looped into like the trans movement and you're like but that's not even trans like you know like as far as i understand the trans people are having a completely different experience than the drag people and the drag people are not identifying as women so it's very strange that Literally, the whole point of drag is that they aren't women. That's the whole thing. That's what makes it so entertaining. That's why they do what they do. Right, yeah. 
No, it's it doesn't a job. make any sense. You would think that's what he was saying. He was like, you would think that it's like some version of like trans blackface. Like these people are like, oh, I'm, you know, like kind of trans. Like, and this is what trans is. Like, there's a way of seeing it like that. If you were a trans person, being like, oh, that that could be insensitive. But drag shows are like art almost. That. It's like fashion shows where like they just fashion. Nobody wears the it is, stuff yeah, that fashion yeah. show people walk down the runway on in you know that yeah, that stuff looks yeah. weird you know it's like see-through like trash bag looking ridiculous Mesh, stuff and you're like yeah, that's fishnet sometimes you're like that's cool but no one's ever gonna wear that like no one's gonna be caught <laughs> dead wearing any of this stuff it's People just literally wild. falling down breaking their ankles on the runway <laughs> yeah it's just different it's not it's so this whole thing is so confused i think that my take on it this is the by the way this is the only take that I've probably ever said on the podcast that I think is like a fully, for lack of a better term, hot take. Like the, it's, <laughs> it's fully it's hot. Lesbian, gay, and bi maintain the the binary construct of gender and sex. All the other ones don't. So they actually are not allies. Ultimately, with LGBT are or LGB are not allies with TQIA. They're not. Because the, those ones uh, upend the binary. So if there is no, if right, woman exactly. is Which whatever. Which is the point we're making about like drag queens and trans people. It's like those are actually very different things, but somehow they're all in the same community and we're all a confused. Drag, <laughs> a drag queen maintains the gender construct. That's the whole reason it's interesting to watch because it's men doing women. And that's right. why it's, that's part of the... The yeah, gig, yeah. you know. So I, the fact that I don't know why people can't, I don't know how that's missed on everybody. It's yeah. so because it's so obvious. It's like well, I think because people aren't allowed to talk about it. Like we're talking about it right now. I feel like people like see these conversations. Like, will say things like you can't even have these conversations if you're not one of those people who identifies as one of those things because you don't, you can't talk about it. And then it's like, well, then how are we ever supposed to understand it though if we're not a part of it? Like we have to be able to question it and like talk about it yeah it's it's getting out of control and 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 i'm not saying like i know what it's like by talking about it like i'm just saying like here's what the facts are you know like we can talk about like things like sex that's just an observable objective fact like i'm not saying that i know what that person's experiencing that is sure that person should talk about that but and it's and it's like super it's like really destructive because you end up with people like like if anyone knows who Thomas Sowell is, he's like a black, I guess, conservative who's very, very famous, like economic. I think he's an economist. I'm not really sure. Or a, poli- a, po- a political scientist, something like that. Mm. And but the the radicals call him uh, like we'll call him like an Uncle Tom, you know, because it's like if you don't agree that white people are white devils or something you know or like don't have can't be part of the conversation you know what i mean then agree with that white and black narrative yeah so now we are now we're gonna do that with this whole gender bullshit where if you're gay lesbian gay or bi like a lot of those people are becoming are being like maligned and kind of like if you're gay and you're not an ally doing the rainbow flag thing and like are you even gay okay well this is the point i wanted to make so back to the liberal party and i one clear instance where you can see it is like the gay community which i think is 
very strongly aligned with like the capital L liberal party today, Democratic Party. Um, so there's something interesting that me and Michael were talking about where it's like the party, this party supposedly stands for diversity and choice, like women's right to choose and diversity, like all these different perspectives. We need to allow all these differences in people and community and whatnot. But in fact, what's actually going on, and it's very easy to see in like the gay community, back to your point about like, you know, these people are actually kind of totalitarian dictators in some sense, because, you know, Chamath, they literally call him the dictator. He supports the liberal Democratic Party. Um, so you can see how in the gay community, they're literally like creating a monoculture. And I've experienced this as like a gay person. There's like in the gay community, and Tim Dillon jokes about this too, it's like there's only one way to be gay. Like gay is like a monoculture. And if you are outside of it, it's like there's literally like an ethnic cleansing going on in the gay community. Like they would like to shun people who do not fit a certain narrative, which is like you have to be uh, hot, you know, muscular, fit, white man who does, you know, rainbow things and talks with a certain accent and way and does the parties and drinks alcohol and goes to brunch on weekends and does all the things, you know, that make you superficially gay. And it's like, like gay people will literally shun you. Like they won't let you be friends with them if you're not like that in the community. But then we also want to export that to other cities and communities too, where we're like, if Target, like the local Target in some random ass town in America does not have rainbow colored flags, then that Target needs to be closed down, you know, or like those people should not have access to that Target. It's like, what are we talking about? Like this is not... One, it doesn't represent the diversity in the gay community. And then two, like, we're not even respecting the diversity of that community. What if that community doesn't want that? You know, like, so it's very strange that it's the party, like, self-proclaimed party of choice and diversity, when in reality, I feel like oftentimes it's the opposite. Like, they want to eliminate choice and eliminate diversity and actually foster this strange monoculture. What yeah. do you think about all of this? I don't know, because, like, I'm a true millennial, like, securely within the millennial right, whatever right, time bracket. frame or whatever and we were such a generation of legitimate radical change that i think that's partially why from the from the moment we were identified it was like screw these people like they're a problem the millennials are also extremely i believe are like extremely diverse in their opinions. Like there's a lot of very conservative millennials. Yeah. There's a lot of, of very liberal millennials. And I think that's why we have to be ignored because I was part of the generation where like magazines would have, I can't remember what the magazine that would do this, but there was always like uh, a sexiest man alive thing. Oh my and God. I yeah. I remember that. So I feel like I was part of the generation that was young-ish while that was still kind of going on. But I grew up, for example, with The Sexiest Man Alive thinking or co maybe coming to like a conclusion, not even like a maybe a direct conclusion, just like an effect on the culture or on me where it's like I felt comfortable enough going George Clooney, Sexiest Man Alive, and then deciding whether or not he was sexy. You My know God, what I mean? Yeah, like as a yeah. straight... Or whatever, that was totally like a, a thing. 
yeah, you're like, yeah, he is a sexy. He is, or or I'd be like, no, this they picked the wrong one. Like this guy's not sexy. I know sexy <laughs> men, and that's not him. And I think that that, in a sense, is like almost the the right kind of progressivism. That's not a bigoted view, and it's not culturally radical either. And I I feel like we've something happened. Like we're not we're not even there anymore. Like we're not even. First of all, it's like cancelable to have a sexiest man alive. If we had a sexiest man alive, it'd be some fat slob, you know, and it's like, that's not, oh so God. whatever we're doing now is like eroded all of that. And whereas I think like what my view became was essentially authentic. It almost, you could almost think about it as like a confidence or something, you know, it's like, cause I'm confident enough to say whether somebody is an attractive man or not based on my own and it's and it's it starts to sound like maybe it sounds like gay to some people, but I'm like, I have a preference on what a, a sexy man is. I don't think the I think the Rock looks good. <laughs> he's like strong and big and stuff, but he's not my type. But I'm also I'm not gay. But I know you know what I'm saying. But like, sure, there yeah, I know you that could if, have an opinion on that. If I were gay, like he's just not my type. And so, <laughs> and I also this is like really controversial. And we don't have to get into it, but I'll just say for the record. That I like to say, even though it's not like a fully fledged concept that I would like to fight for, like I almost like don't believe in gay and straight and bi. Like maybe I would say sure. like everyone is bi kind of, but like, but if, and if you're not, this is like my really radical, ridiculous take. And I know it's stupid, but like if you're, if you're not bi, then you're a liar. Okay. Here's a joke that Ron White told on stage one time. Oh he's God. a really funny comedian. That has you have to have you have to like him. Some people don't think he's funny, um, but he said I got a a cousin who's real real redneck, you know, straight as they come. And he said I told him that I think uh, everyone's a little bit gay. And he said Hell no, I ain't gay, not one bit. And he said Really? Do you like uh, you like porn? He said Hell yeah, I like porn. Straight porn. Yeah, really, you like when the guy has a little tiny misshapen wiener? And he goes, hell no, I like him to have a big old hog, nice and, wait a minute, hang up. And he's like, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, that's a yeah, it's yeah. a joke, but it's like, you get exactly. it? You get what I mean? Like, there's no such thing really as like, or, or, and the reason I like saying there's no such thing is because it takes away all of the like, how freaking important it is because like i said i can be whatever i want to be which is a very progressive sounding thing but i don't mean like everyone means nowadays i mean like i can sit look at the 1998 or what whatever year george clooney was like the sexiest man alive like 10 times or something george clooney <laughs> yeah, and then sean so connery you know what i mean it's like it's only a few people apparently yeah so like that's that's enough, you know, like that's, if you can come to terms with that and if you feel comfortable holding the magazine in your hand on the subway, yeah. like you're well, cool now, you know, and it's kind of how I feel about the, everything we do now. Like we're, this is the most racist country in the world. It's like, has, has Britain ever had a black prime minister? Cause we had a black president two times and the people yeah. that were voting for Trump, many, many of them voted for Obama. So yeah. something's wrong yeah, with everyone's analysis. We've gone into crazy land where, and it's like we just skipped over some of the benefits that we came to 
in the name of what we might call progressivism, which destroys progressivism. Yeah, well, to the gay thing, I did want to mention, too, there's, like, interesting research on that, like, to, like, the idea that everyone is bi or whatever, because there is some, like, if you give people a genetic explanation for homosexuality, actually, straight men were more likely to be open and accepting when given a genetic explanation because it what, what do you what's, idea, like, what's a genetic explanation for like, like you you're mean? born this way like oh. that gay people are born gay and straight people are born straight it's just in your genes um and that made straight men more accepting or exhibit you know more accepting attitudes and the idea was that well this reified like their identities so it's like i I don't have to deal with the fact that I might be gay if, like, right. I know that I'm born straight, you know, and that person was born gay. Like, there's a very clear difference. You know, you don't have to acknowledge the shared humanity among you and other people, which I think is kind of the point you're making is, like, when we create all these categories, we sort of reify these boundaries and sort of try to destroy the humanity that connects all of us, which is, again, back to the pride thing, is the problem I have with it is, like, I don't know. It's like setting a group of people off and they're like, look how beautiful and special and different these people are and like how disconnected they are from everyone. And it treats it like very fantastically. And it's like it's just about rainbows and like as if these people aren't even real people, like they don't have families, which is the other thing, by the way, that really annoys me. And like I think we could all benefit from is like the people who are out there advocating for these crazy like policies and education and whatnot, like we know how to educate your kids. You know, we're going to put these crazy trans, like the ones we were talking about, like the porn filled books in the schools, you know, like these are not gay parents who are raising children. You know, like these are like single crazy gay people who honestly should be shunned from the community, but somehow have become the voice of the community. And that's the kind of interesting experience that I think people don't realize is that there is like a shunning and like a monoculture in the gay community. Like I was saying earlier, it's like if you, there's a point I feel like that you get to and kind of Tim Dillon maybe talks about this too, where it's like the people that like maybe allured you like or accepted you into the community at first were like, you know, these young, white, straight men or straight. Oh, my God. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> young, wow. Amazing. Young uh, white or young, young white devils fit no. men yeah <laughs> and um and then eventually you I feel like you need to like mature and progress out of that like whatever superficial gay culture is which is just like partying and they literally call it the circuit have you ever heard of this the circuit I don't it's like don't a thing know. in gay culture so. people might not know about this it's called the circuit, where literally there's like a whole culture in the gay community of just going around to parties, like, and they're called circuit parties. And these parties are just like raves that go on for days, and people do drugs and have sex and orgies and dance and go to clubs, and people travel around the world for these things, around the country. They like, and it, it's called a circuit because it goes on all year long, and it's like pride festivals. They usually happen at pride festivals in and around the country. But Pride festivals are on different weekends in different areas of the country and the world. And so these people literally like travel from location to location. And that's like the circuit, you know, like they're on the circuit. 
And it's crazy. It's literally crazy. Like, I don't even know what is going on. But it's so vapid. That's the point. The point is that it's vapid and that there's nothing else going on in these people's lives. And then if you you eventually, like, if you want to have a real life that's meaningful, you have to, like, move beyond that. Like, you can't just be partying out this on the is weekend. The, I mean, it's like anyone goes through this. This is the thing I was going to say about Tim Dillon. So here's a few points. Like, one is straight people can have sex, too. So in <laughs> exactly. in theory, they could there could be like you can have you could go to a, a a rave where there's straight people. You can go to an orgy where there's straight people, right? Right. But if you want to call being straight a community, it's a massive community. Therefore, it's very easy to see the diversity within right, it because right. within that big group of people, there's going to be so many more breakdowns that are much more relevant. So like within the straight community, there's like Catholics, church going people, conservatives, liberals, atheists, atheists, all these different types of people, sluts, right. you know what I mean? Prudes. So, you know, when, when Tim Dillon talked to uh, Chris Stefano, the other, the comedian there, he is so funny. He was, he's always, Chris Stefano is always like, I might be gay, but he's not like not gay. <laughs> and Tim Dillon told him, he, so now he says, I, I know I'm not gay. And Tim Dillon convinced me. And when people ask how did what did Tim Dillon do to convince you that you weren't gay? And he was like, "Well, he said, so what if you can like imagine yourself like having sex with a man or something, or like being attracted to a man?" He said, "But can you imagine yourself like holding hands, like walking down the street, like going to like romantic dinners and this kind of thing? Yeah. Can you imagine doing that?" And so that, I feel like that's the a really interesting line to to split apart mm. because that's where I also see that with the whole like hypersexualized gay culture. Cause the hypersexualization right, is everywhere. Right. It's also in straight culture. I mean, there's like only fans and things like that that are right. very similar in a, in a sense where it's like, this exactly. is just like a super hypersexualized thing that is meant to be, if we're going to be liberal and progressive and accepting of all of the types of things, it's meant to be, it's not meant to be the norm. It's meant to be a thing, a separate thing. And oftentimes it's you, not always, but like a lot of times it's you experience it when you're young. So like a gay orgy sounds fun if you're imagining, like you were saying, the young, hot people, the conceptual <laughs> gay. Yes. This like super fit, hairless, you know, sculpted David it's very sculpture, fantastic, you know, yeah, <laughs> which is the whole reason why like orgies aren't fun when you're in the straight community because you, if you know, you they have to become if they're going to be a good one, they've got to be pretty exclusive. Otherwise, you're going to show up have and it's going to be orgy. if exactly. Here's the rules: like you can't. It's like for every dude that comes in, a oh woman's got to come in too. First of which all, is, second of this all, this is a whole thing. You can't be a bunch of fat, nasty slobs. Otherwise, okay. it just becomes gross you know yes. like and people don't know about idealized this. yeah but people there's like this stuff going on in the gay community especially in that circuit crowd i was talking about there's like cliques of people who go around and they have these orgies and that's like the whole thing and like people i feel like there's a whole thing a psychology about being excluded in the gay culture feeling like you don't fit the ideal which is by the way to the shared humanity point, something everyone is going through everyone feels like they don't fit the ideal in whatever communities they're a part of 
So anyways, but they feel excluded and there's these orgies where these hot people are having sex and literally it like people, you'll see them change. Like people will just be like a normal person and then all of a sudden they'll be like going to the gym 24-7 and they'll be like, you know, posting to get, on Instagram. To get ready and, for the orgy or something? Yes, to yeah. be a part of the group. To You know, Amazing. it's like very simple, basic human psychology and they just want to be a part of the group. It's and like then, when you become single. And you exactly. realize, uh oh, I live in a world of online dating where like ninety percent of the people I'm swiping through look a hundred times better than I do. <laughs> yes. Time to get in shape and act like a f- totally different beast, a crazy person. Yeah, and so yeah. in that way, you're. It's very similar to all the other people in the world, and and so the thing that annoys me, the whole point I wanted to bring up with that is that the people who are you know advocating for the group and want to be the face of the gay community quote unquote, you know, these are like the craziest people who are like so out of the norm. It would be like if jocks or people from, you know, frat culture were like the face of the straight community. You'd be like, what? Those people have like no morals or character and are completely lost. That's how I feel about the straight or the gay community. I'm like the people who are often like up on these pride. Pra- I'm like, dear God, like get those people out of there. Like, I would like to see something very it's, yeah, it's wholesome everything. and normalizing. And like, I would like to see people who have had a successful career and a successful family and relationships and be like, it's just very normal and not interesting at all. And it's like, the whole point is just like, look, this can be normal and not interesting. And you don't have to like, be crazy okay <laughs> like that's all yeah. i wish it were in i think that's a weaponized thing because there is a vert you were saying like the, what if the frat guy was the straight representative or whatever but in reality there is a caricature already and it's being hoisted upon people just like that caricature is being hoisted upon like the gay community this other caricature of like if you're just a straight white male like that itself oh, has almost mm. become like an insult but yeah. the way that they're painting that is like you're I mean, if you're you're either an you're like ally, a rapist, or yeah, you're either an something. ally or there is you are like the problem. Like you are the whole thing that everybody needs to battle against because you're yeah. just stuck in some way. And they're like making it a radical position to be like, no, I just think being white is fine because I am white, and being straight is just regular and normal right and like that's the extent of it and but I've, now the conversation has become so convoluted that just to say that literally sounds insulting to people for some reason and even worse than that to say it as the person saying it you actually f- begin to embody and have the sensation that like i feel as if i'm about to say something intolerant and it pushes you It can actually push – that can actually make you extreme, which I've brought this point up before, I think. But essentially, if you keep telling somebody, if you get all the black people or all the gay people or all the whatever group to come to another group and just – that group just continuously lambasts the other group and is like, Hmm. "You're, you're racist, you're racist, you're racist, you're homophobic, you're homophobic, you're homophobic. Eventually, that group of people is going to piss you the fuck off, to put it simply. And you're just going to be like, these people. Like, they don't, they're retarded, first of all, and they're violent and they won't leave you alone. They're a problem. And you start to not like those people because they will not leave you alone. And they keep 
you become exactly what you're being accused of, which you never were right. to begin with. Exactly. Now get out, out, out. The dog is filling my room with fart. Oh my this god. window for a second. It's unbelievable. He's the fartiest <laughs> dog I've ever met. On, I mean, in my life. Awful. You're triggering oh to you. That's crazy. I can't even think. It's so bad. Oh my god. Whew. Okay. Oh my god. That was intense. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. So to yeah, conclude my thoughts on all that, Martin Luther King said it best. I just want a community where every man is judged by the virtue of his character and not by the virtue of his identity, which seems to be what we are stuck in today, as if like just being gay confers virtue on you or being a minority or a woman confers virtue on you and being a man confers the opposite of virtue, confers vice onto you. And it's like, no, like, what is that? Like, you can be a good man. You can be a bad man. You can be a good woman. You can be a bad woman. You can be a great gay person. You can be a bad gay person, you know? Well, it's the most ridiculous thing that ever, that our biggest battle collectively right now is about it's so insidious that it's about identity. It's like you, right? Like yeah. now you need to reassess the hyper egoic society. You are, and think about it obsessively, constantly. Be and because you have to do that, and there's a mm. battle waging. If you never thought about it like that, or to this extreme, or never been attacked for it, it's just. It's so damaging to people. Well, yeah. And psychologically, like thinking about yourself is so highly correlated with negative emotion. Like it's almost indistinguishable. Like it might actually be the same thing. Like thinking of like self-consciousness and negative emotion are so highly correlated that you could see how that would lead to bad places. And also it's just I don't think it's the place that you can actually appropriately engage with social relationships from because how do you have compassion or empathy it's like not thinking about yourself so if you actually want to connect with other people you can't be so self-consumed with your identity and how virtuous you are and how you know amazing and empathetic you are which is like the total craziness that you hear where these people will be like oh you need to have more empathy but it's like yeah, but you, uh, yes, you do need to have more empathy, but the way you're engaging with it is like you're so concerned with how empathetic you are that you're not even thinking of the other person, which is the opposite of empathy, <laughs> you know? And and the thing that we cl- that people claim to be fighting against is like is so non-existent. It's the most extreme version. Like it's it's like gay bashing or something. And the message is like you you need to believe that like everyone who's not fighting this battle on the quote-unquote right side feverishly is essentially right. just one step away from being a gay basher or lynching black people which it could yeah. not be further from the truth like people are so averse to frivolous needless confrontation even like a bar fight you know like there's if people get into a bar fight, the majority of the people generally, it, there is a risk that it becomes all out psychotic. But the general thing that happens is cooler minds prevail. Somebody, right. the other people who don't hate you, they just think you need to chill, are going to stand up and stop the situation and be like, hey, sit the fuck back down or go home. Like you've had enough. This is done. Right. 
Right. And that now, that is being painted as an extreme point of view now. That like, if you are mm. that guy, that's like, yeah, hey, hey, whoa. This is not a Let's big deal. Let's just be right here. That has become apparently just the most radical thing you could ever say. It's like the most racist, horrible, like becomes like white silences, white violence. I mean, all of this crazy shit. And you're just like, oh my God, like you can't win to lose. Yeah, no, it's absolutely crazy. And yeah, to your point, most of the time, I feel like the actual consequences are coming from hyper liberal people. Like those are the people who are like, your business needs to be shut down if it doesn't want to bake one gay cake. And it's like, that's actual consequence. Like there's no actual consequence to someone just being like, I don't think gay is right. You know, like unless they're out there doing something about that, like whatever, you know, like you can't. And that's what I'm saying about like the monoculture. It's like people would like to eliminate these ideas. And it's like you can't eliminate ideas. Like you, you would like to go out there and destroy people that have ideas that are like gay is wrong. And it's like you can't destroy that. Like people are just going to think that. You have to learn to be tolerant of that, okay? Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. It's like these people are like we are the tolerant party. And it's like no, you're completely intolerant of any idea that is against you, which is like the whole egoic part of it. It's like anything that disaffirms my identity because my identity is so fragile that if anyone even thinks that my identity isn't legitimate, I will be, you know, thrust into questions about who I am. It's like, what are we talking about? Like, you need to root your identity on something deeper, one. And two, you need to, like, calm down because people are going to have different views than you and let the gay people do what they want. Let the whatever people do what they want. Like, we can all just do what we want. Like, I'm going to do it my way. You're going to do it your way. Whatever. That's fine. But the left people are like, if you don't do it this way, you are a racist, genocidal killer, and you need to be destroyed. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you need to calm down, okay? Well, And that, it may not be that intense, but it's literally like but, you're well, going to be is. fired now or you need to be outed or you need to be yeah. shamed or you need to be, you know, your career needs to be destroyed, which literally happens. Well, I'll, maybe this will be the last thing I say on it, but like that that's going on that you described, it is somebody's war. It's a real life, actual, Some you might think of it as like a cold war, something like that. And it's real. Mm. And it's so there's a there's a, a, a saying, and this actually may be true for this one as, as well. We just haven't figured it out yet. There's a saying, all wars are bankers' wars. Mm. All for financial ends or whatever. Yeah. And who f- you have to, a war is expensive and it needs to be funded. And it's always funded by the bank, essentially. Mm. So this war is in its beginning stages, its waging stages where. It is somewhat of a cold war, and it's somebody's war. And the question to be figured out here is not which side you're on. That is exactly what those who are trying to foment the war are trying to get people to do. That's why it's so contentious cultural conversations. They want you to pick a side and figure out which side of the war are you on, because the end goal is just the war. And the war weakens the people, weakens the place, weakens the geography, weakens the culture, weakens the the whole. And that's Mm. that's the goal here. And I don't know to what end exactly, but I think it's it definitely part of it is the destruction of this country, or at least what what it once was. And I don't mean what it once was slavery, bigoted. No. 
the greatest country on the face of the fucking planet is what this country is. And it's it's not conceited to say I don't understand it. It's like being it's like being a troubled child that's born into a really rich family who ends up being the black sheep and doesn't even know how its family is so fantastically well off and lives in some Vanderbilt style mansion. Like like on a manor, you know. We're born into it. You can feel guilty about it. It it does seem it is unearned in a way if you're born into it. And those mm. and we've been told over the course of this battle, of the course of this decades or maybe longer war, that you should feel guilty. Think about how little you've done to earn what you have. Therefore, for some reason, this is the argument. Therefore, it should be taken away from you and given to somebody else. It should be taken away from America and given to some other country. It should be taken away from the white people and given to the brown people. It should be taken away from the capitalists and be given to the socialists, however you want to look at it. But it, all of that is the same war being fought. And it's not it's not proper. It's not correct to do that because you may because the same thing that happens to that rich person and it's in, in that context, that that war touches the poor people too. Because many times just through just think of like legislation, the the waging of war in that sense that like you can be poor and have what what little was yours that you had pride, your pride and joy, what what has been passed down to you, whether it's your El Camino, your tractor and your 3.5 acre peanut farm in the middle of rural Georgia, that will be taken from you too. You will be a war will be waged against you because you use apparently diesel fuel because you're probably a straight and go to church every week because you're probably white because you don't talk like everybody else. This is a huge battle. And here's like a good example. I was playing this game on PlayStation called uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla or something. I don't even know what the names of the games I play are. I just put them in. And they're, so you're like Vikings and you're, you like do a lot of raiding, you know, and you're raiding like the European okay. Christians, you know. I know it's another one of these, but they're driving by and they see on their boat, they're going by and they see in the boat they're the Christians are baptizing somebody and they start, the Vikings are commenting on it. What are these crazy, what are they doing? These crazy practices. And then one of the Vikings says, he's like, must be a liberal Viking. He's like, oh, ritual drowning, you know? And they're <laughs> like, because that's what the Vi the Vikings might do, ritual drowning, right? So then the whole conversation the Vikings have is they're not that different than you. Like, don't we all have different things that we do? And ultimately, are they going to raid the village pretty soon? Yeah. But they're not going to raid it because they do baptisms, because they're Christians. They're going to raid it for some other reason. And that other yeah. reason you'll never, you're, you're never going to know about, but by the time the war is on, by the time the civil war is on, by the time the next whatever, by this time, this all, they're going to have convinced you, you need a reason to fight the war. And it may come down to the fact that, yeah, we are fighting them because they're Christians and they have these crazy things, or the Christians will be fighting against the Vikings because they do ritual drownings. These things that were never the problem to begin with. Mm. But eventually, once you just, once you're, in that hot war, it all gets jumbled up and become it yeah. does become very, very, very extreme. And I think that's the road that we're on. Here, do you want to hear this the Hungarian guy? I do, but wait, I want to comment on that first. Oh yeah. Um 
So it's kind of like politics aside, like it really is a culture war because a lot of it isn't political. Like I think we can like label these different things going on in the culture as like liberal or conservative, but it's not really being done in like a political way. Like the gay pride stuff, it's like it's not liberal. Like it doesn't really have anything to do with politics. Like it's these companies aren't voting. These companies like these are not political people. So, like, a lot of it is just, like, whatever is just happening in the culture in America. And then it seems to have this dichotomy. And the thing I was going to point out is, like, I feel like – so I was listening to what you were saying, and I could see how someone would say, well, aren't you just being overreactive, like, from the conservative side or whatever? Like, no one's actually saying this. Like, we're just saying we need to, like – help women in the workplace and help black people and help minorities and help gay people. And I'm like, it really frustrates me because I feel like you're being gaslit by these people who say these sorts of things because it's like what you're actually doing is crazy. Like when you're saying things like people should be given jobs on the basis of their race, you're like, well, we're just trying to help minorities and women. And it's like, um, no, that's like not a society that is equal opportunity. Um, and I thought that was the whole thing you were striving for. Like, and so I feel like you get these people who are like the opposite side to that, who are like, oh, these conservative people, they're just so reactive and like they're making it about something way bigger than it is. And like, all we're trying to do is advocate for minority rights. And I feel like that is a total gaslighting of what's going on. So, yeah, and people feel it, they know that something is wrong, you know, like. We're just being accepting of other people. It's like, no, right. it's more than yeah. somehow it's more than that. And it takes a lot of words to explain how it's more than that. And everyone is at the point, it's the perfect word because it's a war after all. People are, what do we say? They get triggered. And when they're triggered, they start, pu- people just start pulling triggers. You know what I mean? Like right, shots right. fired, it gets out of control. It does get out of control on both sides. But I do think, yeah, there's some aspect of it where it's like, like, I do think a lot of the conservative backlash is warranted. Like, and I think you hear this stuff from like the liberal side that it's like, we're not talking about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's, you're making it such a big deal. And I'm like, no, that like, you don't understand that it's not about like, you are like, oh, it's just about minority. And it's like, no, this is like a fundamental assault on truth. Like, we can't even agree on what a woman is like. And I that is like the most central part of it. You know, (laughs) and like, obviously, it's been over talked about. But like, it literally is like, we can't even we're not people aren't even allowed to say the truth. And yeah, what I you're think advocating a, for is like people yeah. need to lie. And then you're like, you're like gaslighting people. You're like, well, all we're doing is advocating for certain perspectives. And it's like those perspectives are not true. I think the reason those that the left has been pushed so much further into crazy, like why there's so m- way fewer reasonable voices, because there's unreasonable voices on both sides. There's right, ideologues yeah. and idiots and grandstanders and fakes and phonies. But it's because they've had an ideology called progressivism. And Mm -hmm. that it's essentially the problem with it is what is that? Progress, that's the root, progress. Progressism makes no sense because that doesn't indicate what the progress is. So progress is simply not but leaving behind what is 
for something else for the next thing. It's progress mm. for the sake of progress. Aimless. So when you yeah, it's yeah. aimless or like Neil Neil Young's song, the aimless blade of science slice you know slashes the pearly gates, and that's what happens. Right, it's the shifting Oversham window or the slippery moral slope or whatever, right. the totalitarian tiptoe. Because you'll have corrective, you'll have progress without progressivism. That will still happen, you know, just we're always changing. We're always doing things different than our right, grandparents right. did or than the next, you know, and that's not always just through ideological means, sometimes a little bit, sometimes through new understandings or new experiences or new technology or whatever. You know, my grandfather used a horse to pull the plow. I use a diesel tractor. What, you know, it's not, but it's still progress and it's not, it's a little bit insulting maybe, but not really, you know, and this not in the same way. And there's a reasonable argument to be had and it's not progress for the sake of progress. It's progress for the sake of productivity, perhaps. Whereas this diversity type, uh, this need, whatever this thing is that we're doing now, like we point out all the time, it doesn't, I can't believe we're still harping on this, by the way, but like the DEI thing. We pointed out it doesn't make sense for the companies that are like well, so the progress yeah. that you're pushing isn't even to sell. I'm a business and I institute this shit and it's not even actually for more growth. It's not actually for, I mean, well, it is yes, in a, in a sneaky way, but it's, it's not like, for what you'd think it is. It's not principled. It's aimless because I would be fine with it if you gave a good argument for why certain whatever measures needed to be taken, and that made sense. But that's not being offered. People will say things like, oh, well, we need to have representative you know, boards because they represent the communities in which they're embedded in. And it's like, but that's not the function of a board of a company. The function of the board of the company is to run the company well. So you're like saying that now representation is the function of the board. And it's like, that's never been the function of the board. It's only the um, proletariat or the people like the it's only us who it's aimless to and this is my big point is that like i was saying a minute ago what i wanted the last thing to, that i say on it to be that is that <laughs> it does have an aim you we just can't see it because we're being given nothing we're being given ideologies that are that really ultimately are aimless once you analyze them a little bit we realized that it's aimless because the goals and the outcomes aren't matching up. And then I want to take one more step back and go, therefore, you just don't understand the aim. Like you're saying, the whole conflict, like not either either side doesn't have an aim, but the whole, you know, dividing the culture in the superficial way, that is has some sort of end. Or well, aim. yeah, just like what I was telling you the other day, where somebody I know who I'm not allowed to say because blah, blah, blah. You know, people want to keep their jobs, I guess. But somebody close to me was like, you told me about something, that thing that Michael got sent, okay, oh, about man. how you got to be gay or go home or whatever. Hold on. And Can you just read this on the pod? It'll take two seconds. Yeah, you read it, and then that'll be, the, that's the jumping off point for the conversation I ended up having. This is an email from the Human Rights Campaign. Is this well, at work or what is this from? Like, why did this I come up to his email? The like, a, Human rights campaign is like a movement or whatever, nonprofit. He must have subscribed somehow. He, he, he gave someone his email address, right? Okay. Yeah. 
It says, quote, extremist groups are using every trick in the book to put lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people back in the closet. Their latest move? Pressuring our corporate allies with fear tactics, harassment, and intimidation. Corporations like Target and Anheuser-Busch have an opportunity to do the right thing, to stand by their values of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Do you think you have corporate allies, people? That is the most... Like, what are we talking about? Corporate allies. Our corporate overlords, I mean, allies. I yeah. know. That's the kind of thinking that you're like, that I think is just so dangerous. It's like fascist type thinking where you're like, this is what I'm saying. Back to the whole point we were trying to make, which is that the liberal side is like very totalitarian dictatorship kind of like thinking, which is like our corporate allies. Like we don't have a country of individuals with individual liberty. We have a country of corporations and corporations who wield power. And it's like all about the power game. Yeah. And the, somehow the left has be- – so who who has corporate allies? The left? I'm sorry. That used to be – the working man's party, like right. <laughs> that, so literally strange. used to be us, like the people, versus the corporations were like the right wing people. I mean, here's an article I have pulled up that I'm not going to read anything from it because I was actually looking for a quote because this has been this is the headline, but this has been admitted by Democrat Party leaders. And but here's mm. the headline. Democrats now party of white collar workers while GOP is more working class. And this is this one's based on a poll, but that's right. been said we by people like Chuck Schumer that. or something. So back to that email. So someone I know, I showed them that too. I'm like, look at this. This is ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. So, like, who was trying to put people in the closet? Like no one even cares. Put them like, back in the closet. What does it mean? That's literally like saying white people are, are trying to put black people back onto plantations. Like it's like no, no <laughs> one's doing that. That's like about? that doesn't even make sense in our world anymore. It's like not even that. It's not even like an economic gain from. Like there's nothing to gain by even doing the thing that's no one's trying to do anyways but just you're saying it like it's it literally is like a from the onion is what i was saying like it's a joke like is this serious like am i supposed to laugh at this so i wouldn't even mind i wouldn't even mind if people were put back in the if i was put back in the closet i don't even care okay like it's not about me being seen you know yeah because you're whatever it is that you our quote unquote involved in isn't even meant to be touching society on like right. a fundamental it's level. Like, like and it doesn't it about shouldn't matter. Me and my relationships. I don't it's not about everyone else. <laughs> like it's so just silly. it's just as annoying as the frat guys that like don't talk about anything except for their like uh, sex escapades, you know, and stuff. It's like yes. even that that's cringe too. Like just stop talking about Stop talking about all that stuff. Rapid like, shit, yeah. It's so irrelevant. Like, do something instead. But, um, so, somebody was telling me, they so sh- they were like, here, take th- take a look at this. This is something my company sent me. I wish I would have got the documents so I could tell, like, read them to you. But, basically, the same kind of crap, but within the, the company... That they work like an internal email or something. So they hire this like black lady and she's the diversity, whatever. She ends up hiring all these black, she's just hiring black people, black people, black people. Of course. By the way, a really 
sinister form of tokenism that's going on today, and people don't want to call it out, but let's just call it what it is. It's tokenism. If you hire a chief diversity officer just because they're black and a woman and disabled, that's tokenism, okay? Okay, and then she goes and hires all these black people. So then I go, we go onto the Facebook page of the company, okay? This is a company that does not sell direct to customers. It's a B2B business. They only sell to businesses. They don't even, I can't really divulge exactly, but like everybody, theoretically, no one knows the name of this company, but everybody knows their product. Okay. Everybody. Okay. You've probably used their product many times. So they have no need to even have a Facebook page, obviously, because unless it's like businesses looking at the Facebook page. So one of these black hires, which I'm fully convinced that she's just hiring her black friends. Like she's hiring her friends, you know? And it's like, because she can't, it's like, what a boon, you know, like I get to like get hired yeah. for no reason other than I'm black God. and that I'm obsessed with talking about all this bullshit. And then I get to hire black people. And guess what? I'm black. Um, most of my friends are black. Here's all my friends. Is she hiring white people? No, she's not. Black right. women. That's what Which she's hiring. Which can I just say is appalling on both ends of the spectrum. It's like white told, people hiring yeah. white friends, black people hiring black friends. Like we all need to rise above that, you know? Uh, and I said, I said, if this goes the way that it should, and it probably will. This will detrimentally affect your company. I promise you. I said, just wait, especially if all these blacks that are being hired are, in fact, just this girl's social circle. Then now you have a group. It is infiltration, but willingly. You like literally willingly infiltrated your own company with a group of people who will be more committed to themselves, their ideology, and to each other than they are to the company. And by the way, it does not boost any sales. It does nothing for you to have this going on. So I go to the Facebook page and I look and they post a picture on Facebook of one of these new hires, black lady, who is make who's so they post she posts a picture. I don't know how this picture gets on the Facebook of the company website or the company Facebook, but she's making this terrifying face. And I'm not exaggerating and being insulting because of like racism. Like if you saw it, you'd be like, what is she doing on this corporate Facebook page? Like she's like bulging her eyes out and doing this face, like literally doing that and holding, I can't describe the face I just made, but it's ridiculous. And she's holding this book up really close to her face, you know, just like, and the book says, some racist shit on it like about the plight of black people versus white people or something you know what i mean just like ridiculous and i'm like oh my god how is this like how is this appropriate professionally first of all the face they're making second of all the book she's holding it's it's almost like holding like a book that says like the South will rise again. I mean, it's like, what? It would never be accepted on the other what? side. Yeah. And so there's two points that I ended up making in this situation. A couple points. One is it's going to destroy the company. Number two is here's how we know it's total fraud. That all of this stuff is totally bullshit. It's complete and total bullshit. There's no other word for it. It is literally bullshit. Is because why is it trans black and brown just think about it for a second just quiet down think to yourself trans black and brown just let that sink in and then ask yourself about every other fucking identifiable trait a human being can have why is it not 
Jews? Why is it not Muslims? Why is it not Mexicans? Why is it not farmers, Southerners, Northerners, Virginians? Why is it not anything? Why have you picked these two things? And I have the answer. One is that the answer is because they're ridiculous, because they're non-issues. And when you make an issue out of a non-issue, there's no resolution. It can go on mm. as long as you can milk it until people wake up and people are in a trance because it's a mm. difficult conversation. So the trans thing is a non-issue because at, until the social contagion took hold, it was just literally a non-issue. It well, came it's like we don't even of, know what the problem is. It's there's like, no what trans would be the people. Resolution to this? There are there's no trans people. Essentially, there's no trans people until recently. Okay, now you see them fucking everywhere, but that doesn't mean that they were everywhere. That's a social contagion. It's well established in scientific literature. Sure, it is an yes. absolute thing. There Second, was a small number of trans people before. It, that, and if you remember how it all got started, I remember vividly. I was at the ripe age with a bright mind when it happened. Out of literally nowhere. We went from gay cake people immediately following that. Out of fucking nowhere, we started talking about trans bathrooms. And it was so out of the blue that I remember a large swath of people collectively scratching their heads, going, What are we talking about? What, like, wait, what? I've never even encountered a trans person in a bathroom. And if I have, I don't, what? Like what? And it, and this ain't knows a setup. It didn't start with a conversation. It literally started, the conversation started with legislation. The laws and legislation was, was already written. Like, where it was already it written. From? Yeah. It, if it our legislation is by the people and about people's issues, how did this ever initially get leveled up to legislation for the whole country it was weird yeah it was started with the legislation people and people yeah. were like why are wait why are we writing this law and so it immediately became a battle so you have to start making it's like so the thing it's like nothing's happening and then it's like boom this is happening and it's consequential to you as a business owner you might have to have either fights sure, that's or a third cost. bathroom or this or that i mean it like immediately is like everyone has to do something all these people with means have to do something is what right, it came right. across as and it was like well shit so people in commentators on the left and commentators on the right immediately start bickering about it oh my god these bigots they they are not accepting of this and then the other side it's like well we i mean first of all what the fuck are you talking about second of all well, we don't want men dressed as women in the women's bathroom, women don't want that. I mean, that immediately, that's how it all began. Right. So it's a, so it's this, this is the kind of issue that they want. That's why it is what it is. Also, the race thing, it's like, it's such a gaslighting and a stove piping and ever, like, here, you're racists, but I voted for Obama. Oh, really? White knight? That makes you not, ra it's like, there's, it's a non issue that can be made into an issue immediately. Yeah. So no, it never terrible. ends. It is the what is that phrase? It's like the the gospel of the poor or something, but it's not the gospel of the poor. It's like it, it's like a negative word. There's a phrase for that, but like you can t I see how that sort of thinking like where everything becomes about race is like weaponized by people who are using it to justify their own moral shortcomings or shortcomings in their life. Like I know people who are like not doing it, like literally unemployed 
like doing nothing for themselves and like saying like you're a racist and this is all because other people are racist towards me and it's like yeah, no you you're have not a, doing shit yes. okay you like, have you problems to, like, because other you have problems because other people are causing them for you that's the right. whole message right. so it becomes an immediate battle then here's so here's the another thing so i started saying i got just like i just did i got all ramped up about it and i was like i guarantee you i that because because of exactly what i just said because it's non-issues because it's not good for business because it's going to destroy your company we must ask ourselves why why does anheuser-busch do trans thing why does target do this trans stuff when it's bad for business why does gillette do this trans stuff when it's bad for business why does cheerios do this trans stuff and this they have show like gay people having a bunch of kids eating cheerios when in all fucking reality the major market for uh if you want to sell your Cheerios to families who have small children, those would be straight people. I'm sorry. Um, that's where all the the babies are that eat Cheerios. So, and that's how you were marketing them for your children, but only for your children of gay parents. Like it just, it's absolutely asinine. So it's not good. My point is it's not good for business. I don't have a fucking ideological bent that is necessary in this. So I start saying, so since all of this is true, it's bad for business. It's right, not a problem. Right. It's all, where is it coming from? Since that's my thesis that it it's a war, somebody's waging it. And there's a culprit somewhere because all of these things never get resolved because nobody caused them. You know, we think, oh, it's just in the zeitgeist. It's just the cultural, some cultural phenomenon. Bullshit. It's not that. I swear to God, there's no way that if just do the research on psychology, on sociology, philosophy, you will see clearly that the, that what is occurring doesn't match. It's not right. It's not, it's not how it works. What they're saying, the way that it works, isn't how it really works. So... You have to look for who the culprit is. Just like the financial crisis, what will happen is in 2008, all these bankers and people cause the almost a global collapse of the world economy, and then nobody gets in trouble because, oh, it's just a fluke and little tiny mistakes and no one's really responsible. But that's a lie. So I said, I guarantee you, if you look at the investment firms that own your company, person who I'm talking about, they you will find it because... If I'm right, this will be the case. If I'm right, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard, big investment firms of this nature will own the majority of stock in the company. So then I, I said, you know what? I want to prove myself right, right this moment. And I just pulled out my phone and I Googled bleep, name of company, BlackRock. And this right there, first result, first two results. I click on the first one. It says BlackRock has recently divulged, just recently, like literally this year, or maybe end of last year, divulged that they own like 11 million shares of this company. You might ask yourself, oh how many God. shares are there? So I was like, wow, I'm right. BlackRock owns a shitload. So then I back, I hit back. I hit the next article. I just want to see what, what are people, what's, what's next on here. Bloop. What's the next result on Google? I think it said something like the majority of stockholders of this company are these institutional firms. Here's a list of them. BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Citibank. Oh God, yeah, All yeah. of the ones that I said have the, like, we just talked about this, that this has to be where it's coming from. Right, right. And why? And then there it is right on its face. So if your company, I guarantee you, if your company is in the middle of doing this kind of bullshit, 
one of two things is going on. Google it. Literally Google it if you're getting these emails from your company, if they're obsessed with this stuff. They're either owned by these companies, a majority of the shares are owned by this company. B, that's A. B, your, your company's about to go public. Or C, somebody very, very soon, one of these companies, one of these investment firms is going to buy an amazing quantity of shares. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because you said that. And then I looked up my own company and okay, I great. found out that we were also owned majority by Vanguard. And, and you guys Rock. are up and coming technology competitor company. to yeah. some major technology companies out there. And it's not that these companies, that BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and all these psychopaths are investing in companies because they're good investments. In fact, they invest in companies and then require the companies to participate in uh, tactics that reduce sales. So it's clear these people have more money than God. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. It's not about the money. It clearly is not about the money. Their investment portfolio is so complex that they will, it would make sense. Imagine if you have an investment firm, it would make complete sense to absolutely, let's just make it really simple. It'd be, it'd be really great to fund two sides Two opposing industries buy up one, get 10 million shares of this one, 20 million shares of this one, tank the 10 million share company that you just bought because it's going to lead to your 10 million shares of the uh, other company that you bought to go up quadruple. Oh my God. So you you buy MailChimp and then you buy MailChimp's competitor and then you crush the competitor through your own tactics sell that shit off, take a little loss. MailChimp takes over as a monopoly on marketing and yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's the kind, that's the level. So if it's about money, that's the kind of bullshit they're going on, going on about. And by the way, if you, if just, if you want to accept that story, which may be the story, recognize that they don't give a fuck about you. It's not about any, they're, these are rich people, unbelievably rich people, bankers that are, doing nothing but profiting at the expense of they don't give a shit what. It does not matter. Right. Just like yeah. that that guy we played in the last episode, in that episode where he was explaining, like, you, you know, it, it ends up, even your boycott, like, hurts America, your friends. America, low-wage workers, yeah. And we yeah. just haven't figured out how to fight back against this yet. No, and yeah, it's so sad, too, because leaders, it's like, they just think whatever you know is they think is right should be imposed upon everyone, which is very anti-democratic and has been going on for a while in the country. I mean, I was just watching a documentary movie, historical drama movie, I guess. It wasn't documentary, but it was historical fiction based on the Guantanamo Bay stuff. And uh, I didn't know about this, and I looked up into it last night. And yeah, I mean, essentially in 2002, we established a prison base on Guantanamo Bay so that we could circumvent our laws and hold people that we suspected to be guilty and torture them, right. which is like a exactly. direct violation of innocent until proven guilty and all the principles that our country was founded on. And that was back in 2002. And so it's like, and the whole reasoning was like, well, we know they're guilty. You know, like we know we're right. We're not wrong. Okay. And they don't they need were due process. About they don't literally need everyone. Right. Yeah. Like, I think only three people have been actually charged with crimes and found to be guilty from Guantanamo If they were Bay. right, if they were guilty, the court system would find them guilty. Right. It would still be wrong to do what they did if they were guilty. Right. So, 
Yeah. And that's the kind of ideology that you have, which is like these rich people who like think whatever, you know, they think is right and are willing to use force to impose it upon everyone else. And I think that that is something we all have to fight against and it's going to take all of us. And so it's like, how can we get caught up in all this silly nonsense about gender because and blah, 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 when other people are snatching up all of our American companies and imposing, you know, measures on our economy that are asinine and because there's different levels there's different levels of power and 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 wealth so the all-in podcast people are a bunch of billionaires and why they have a vested interest in misunderstanding what we're talking about just like he has a vested interest in not seeing the connection between Mm. the guy at the front door taking his pistachios and the types of policies that he wants to implement in order to make himself a bunch of fucking money what is it? It's hard it. to get a man to understand a thing when its salary depends on him not understanding it. And that is exactly the fucking point that's happening. So if any of what we're seeing is organic, like if David Sachs and Ch- Chamath and what the other fucking guys Friedberg. names are, Friedberg and Calacanis. Calacanis, if they're billionaires and they're trying to think independently and they're making an effort, it's going to be really hard for them it's going to be really hard because you want a hero like that, don't you? Like you want a, a a powerful guy to help you fight for the people, to fight for your not not your crazy thing, but just to to like it's not to fight for something; it's to fight against something. Just can you just stop them from against dropping tyranny. bombs on us? Yeah, because you have power, you have more, and no no shame against you for having it, but it's so difficult for these people to wake the fuck up to what's going on because the fact of the matter is it will cost them something in the short term because yes. the the because the black rocks and the state streets and the vanguards are very often the exact way that these individuals make it big they look for investment from companies like this into the ventures because these are venture capitalists into the ventures that they invest in. These guys are worth a couple billion dollars. Uh, BlackRock's... Okay, look. Sure. Look. I think they have like a trillion dollars under management or whatever. Yeah. Well, I did, I'm glad you brought this up because I do want to make this point too. So there's this article by Vice. The man who knows what the richest people 8.59 trillion. Black, that's yeah, just BlackRock. Exactly. Just BlackRock. That is multiple countries worth of GDP. Right, right. Yeah. So, but this They're article- more important I, than countries yeah, on the world the, economic stage. Anyway, yeah. it's going. The point I wanted to make, so this, uh, the rich people just doing whatever they want, you know, and then I think you is kind of saying like, well, you want someone who like fights to defend against tyranny and for autonomy and the yeah, people to the do what they do? want, protects the people. Yeah, exactly. And- I think so. I read this article, and it's about this guy Ray Flemings, who caters to like the uber rich in the world. He has something like eighty clients, and they are worth a combined like four hundred billion or something. And they're Amazing. like just the most rich people. He's like I cater to the top point zero zero three percent of people, and his company basically is like we help rich people do things that they want to do. And so the, literally he has like an app, and in the app it says. Uh, you know, I want to blank. And then the rich person who is a client fills it out. And then their company basically acts as like a 
we make anything happen. We figure out who the gatekeepers are, what military personnel, what country diplomats we need to talk to to make just crazy shit happen. Exactly. Um, they are. I was literally going to say these so, investment yeah. people are kingmakers. Like they right. And so no rules apply to these people, and it's so sad. And you know they just want. He's like these people. You know it's really hard and lonely being at the top, and these people you know don't have a lot to do, and so we make it fun and help them spend money, and it's just ridiculous. And so, anyways, the whole thing. You could read the article, and you you know may throw up like I did, but. Uh, the most terrible thing about it to me was that at the end, he sort of says some things about like, you know, the person who was interviewing the guy who owns the company with working with these rich people said, well, why don't you like pressure them into like actually driving meaningful societal change? Because these are the kinds of people who would be powerful enough to enact meaningful change. And he was sort of like, hold on, I'll read the quote. I'll read the quote because I don't want to fuck it up. Quote. This is the guy who owns the company who helps rich people. We're not going to shame the world's rich into helping to create a better society. End quote. We're not going to do that. They don't need to help the world create. They, their privilege that they've earned, their status, the responsibility that they've been asked because of much has been given to them, we're not going to ask that of them. We're not going to ask them to do much. We're going to give them a life of luxury, help them make vacations and plan parties and get on yachts and circumvent government regulation. It's like, what are we talking about? Of course these people need to be pressured into creating a better world because much has been given to them and much will be asked of them. Well, I would say it this way. They don't need to be because I have mixed feelings about that. Do they really need, do these super rich people need, because that's a vague question. Can you, why don't you get these people to make a meaningful change in society? That's a really risky Well, okay, yes, that's a good point. If yeah. you're going to say that's not what we're doing, I could I would go, okay, fine. But here's the problem. All the stuff that you are doing is making the world a worse place. So if you don't stop doing that, that's the real question. And that's how stupid people are. So whoever wrote that article couldn't – they they think in the left-right paradigm, the progressive, the Republican-Democrat progressive-conservative yeah, yeah. paradigm – it's not as simple as this. It gets complex if you would just start the fucking conversation, though, which is leave people alone. Trust that just because someone's not worth $50 billion doesn't mean that they're not industrious, that they're not going to do right. what or empower people. That's how I kind of took it. It's like because you can, I, like you don't need to make change from the top down by like supporting superficial super, – uh, human rights activists or whatever, you know, I would, and I think that would be wrong, kind of to your point. But I think you could empower people. Like, if you're the CEO of a company, you can pay everyone at that company better. You know, like you could just be less rich, and that would empower everyone else to go do other things. You know, and have a better, and maybe you like help fund new businesses and whatever, and it's cool, and you empower and lift up the people in the community around you instead of imposing on them whatever you think is right like i could see how you can interpret that as like well you need to make this kind of change like literally well because if you were at, if the same question yeah. were asked asked to blackrock they would say no we are we do do that all the time that's why we do dei and cei and right, all these right, requirements yeah. and it's like well that's not what i meant which that right. probably is what the people that were asking doing the interview meant like Might they wanted been, you yeah. to say yeah we want to do all these things for all these plighted individuals it's like no please don't Right. Please don't right. have whatever complex that is that makes you act like a psycho. But 
I think those things are disingenuous or whatever the word is. I don't think that those that BlackRock is trying to make the world a better place through all of this DEI show. No, I think they're trying marketing. to do something bad, evil, right, wrong. Right. It's hurting people. Here's right. a quote, or at from, least self-interested. Here's a quote from Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell. Bertrand. The problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves and wiser people so full of doubts. Exactly. Exactly. I think exactly. Were point. you going to play this uh Well, this is this other thing this just because we mentioned it, but I got to go soon, but we got to hear it because you said it. It's just interesting to hear this another powerful individual on in the world stage here. It's Hungarian, right? As the head of the United States, you know, it's, it's not a good business idea anyway. Uh, you would rather there was a different leader I, than no, I would States. I would rather say that, uh, you know, the American Democrats are far more ideologically led than the Republicans. And the Democrats always like to convince you and sometimes force you how to live. And I don't like it. We have our own culture. The culture defines how we live. Don't interfere, please. Don't educate us. Don't say what is good, what is bad, what is liberal. You know, we don't like that. It's not your job. But it's not the job of the Americans and any other nation. It's the Hungarian job. That's, that's so simple. Donald Trump understands it. That's important. As the head of United... Donald Trump understands it. Oh, my God. And that's so dangerous, too, because I'm like, dear God, when the point that we're at in the country, when Donald Trump is being looked at by other world leaders and they think that's good, we know things are not going well. Well, because what I think it's you have to think of the perspective. It's a guy going, yeah. hey, don't tell us what we're Hungarians. Don't tell us what's right and wrong to do as Hungarians. Fuck off. And he says, Donald Trump understands this. It doesn't mean he says Donald Trump is the kind of leader that we that you need or that we need. He's just right. saying Donald Trump may be the worst thing you ever had, but at least he doesn't want to tell the Hungarians how to be Hungarian. Right. Come over here moralizing us about how yeah. we're all backwards, which is exactly what they're doing in America. I mean, it's like these are the same people who are moralizing to white people in the South. They're like, you backwards, racist bigots, like you don't know how to be right and I'm going to show you how to be morally righteous, and this is how you do it. You call people racists. Yeah, our leaders it's are like, – here's another one God. here. This will give you an example. Oh, sorry. This is – who is this? I don't even know who this is. This is some hearing or something. 28 energy department officials own stock in Exxon. 17 officials own stock in Chevron. 15 hold stock in both. It doesn't involve or influence in any way our actions. It doesn't, it doesn't it does influence not. their actions? It Only the individual does stock doesn't? Then why did you it, sell yours? I signed an, an ethics agreement with the president of the United States saying I would divest. Well, presumably because he was rightly worried that owning these individual stocks would influence your decisions, don't you think? Well, it's different when you're the head of a department and you have a whole agent Let's just ban it. Let's ban it for all executive department officials. Let's ban it for members of Congress. How about that? Thank God. So I don't know. That was probably coming from, he was probably a Democrat grandstanding for green energy. But the principle there is... I've thought the same thing. I don't know why we allow politicians to own stocks in public companies, period, when they're legislating on policies that affect public companies. I just um, don't understand. Or take Biden's. bribes from private companies. Yeah, I just feel like there should be no. We need to get money out of politics. People money used to say out that, of politics. One hundred percent. There should be no new laws written until all it of that be a has job. been handled. Yeah. Why is it that you make money from being a politician? Like 
being a politician is more lucrative than my job being in technology. How did that ever come to be? I thought being a politician was supposed to be like serving the community and a sacrifice for people who were like kind of later in life who'd already had a career. But now it's But even like, then you have these revolving <laughs> doors. It's just another problem. Yeah, Whereas exactly. you come in, you give benefits to one company, you come back out, that company hires you for a million bucks a year. That's that should be illegal too. Every this Literally, needs to be looked yeah. at from the top to the fucking bottom. Yeah. And all of that needs to be taken care of because BlackRock is not just investing in Target. It's not just invest it's also investing in politicians, in lawyers and all i mean all they're writing legislation like literally so all of this yeah. is completely back ass words and literally criminals and well yeah it's like and FTC completely compromised people are in control and stuff like the heads of the ftc will go back and forth between industry like being the head of a pharmaceutical company and then going back to being the head of the ftc or yeah. not ftc sorry i'm saying um, fda fda or the yeah. drugs yeah the drug yes, people fda yeah, but exactly. And so um, yeah, there's stuff like that. And then I was looking at, too, Donald Rumsfeld last night. Apparently, he was like the CEO of multiple pharmaceutical companies, including one subsidiary of Pfizer at one point. And, and this before stuff he is, became the right. Secretary of Defense. This stuff is so clear cut and so obvious. And if nothing else, it's a major purpose of the bullshit, non-essential culture war that's just there for no other reason than to distract people and give them bullshit non-issues to quibble and fight about right, like we're doing right. right now of course we're doing a good job we're bringing it back to like things that actually matter at least whereas if, you, if we put a, a half just a fraction of the effort at, that people put into this DEI bullshit, these companies investing and doing this and doing that and all of this mobilization of major world powers and industry and politicians and politics and culture and influencers and all of this is a huge organizational monster golem. Right. If it was just a little bit of that was just put towards these things that are actually crushing... If, even if it does nothing else other than just hold these people's feet to the fire, like, look, you can, we're no one's saying we got to take your money away. I mean, yeah, the Democrats say that sometimes, but clearly they're on your side. But no one wants to take your money away from you. Just wield, stop wielding it against us. Stop right. wielding it. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. stifling the natural potential of the country. Right. That's yeah. we're going we're going some like so when you force in green energy, when you force in inclusion, when you force in this or that or pharmaceutical pharmaceutical gene therapy on the entire population of the world, this is dangerous and it's obvious. You don't want to upend anything and it's sold through the progress progress for the sake of progress but that's just a lie it's progress for the sake of something whether it's profits this thing that thing because like this exxon guy i'm not against i don't want oil and gas to go away i don't care if people want to invest and figure out green energy but when it's false when it's only capable possible through the Walmart method, like I always say, the cobalt mines, <laughs> slave exactly. It's all it's it's just a uh, lie. It's not green. It's slave induced, or it's yeah. 
it's like not profitable, but funded by BlackRock and all these crazy companies because there's some potential future in it, or they're just trying to destroy it. Whatever. It's who knows. But like the some of the issues are just obvious on their face. Like you can't do that. You cannot have FDA officials going in and out as the CEOs of the biggest pharmaceutical company of eighty of a hundred billion dollar pharmaceutical companies right back into the regulatory agency head, back out again to becoming the the CEO again, back in to become. It's like. Dude, it could not be that. That's the worst. It is the worst possible scenario, and that yeah. is the scenario that we have. No, it's bad, and it distracts us from the actual like things that I think these issues like appeal to, like green or whatever. Like, I think there is a spirit in there that's like, actually, yeah, we do want clean environments that don't pollute and like maintain the environments and communities and ecosystems around us. But then it draws attention away from like the real problems, like the most important problems, which are like overfishing of the oceans and plastic trash from commercial fishing, not from consumer plastic. Um, So it's like, and you never hear any of that brought up. And I've never heard any company that I've worked for or not in just the public space talk about plastic from commercial fishing. But they're happy to talk about net zero and about green energy. And you're like, but what about the huge pollution of the ocean, like the mile-wide trash heap in the ocean that's mostly commercial products. You're like, what? What about the 7 (laughs) million air-filled plastic bubbles that Amazon sends in a 12 by 24 box with a lipstick in it? You know, like, and but they claim to be like a green company who's like striving for carbon neutral, green this, green that. It's like, the answer for like us who are not billionaires is reject it. If you can buy it somewhere else, buy it somewhere else. Yeah. Reject the bullshit. And when they try to force a vaccine on you, do not take it. I know it's so hard to have a fucking independent thought and do something that other people aren't doing. But don't be a... F- th- you're a loser. I'm sorry. I just can't. You're a loser. You're, if you, you have to not... I don't, and you, and just your own life should tell you that like four years ago, they were saying one thing today, they're saying another thing. So they lied four years ago or they're lying now. Either way, they're liars. They didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. And if they didn't know, then stop trusting them. It's so obvious. And then you know what? This is my biggest beef. They're going to do it again. They're going to do another thing. It's going to be just, it doesn't even have to be a virus, but it's going to be another bullshit lie. And they're going to tell you everything depends on it. The world will end if we don't do it. Here's an example. The Ukraine war, the the coming China war, the coming, now we're having wars in like Serbia and stuff. Like, come on. I mean, give me there. This is a global. I'm like going full fucking Alex Jones right now. These are globalist totalitarian technocrats that are trying to conquer the fucking world right now in Serbia. Guess what they're having? They're having huge news stories about mass shootings. What do you think the news is reporting in Serbia? What do you think they want to do? I don't know. They are asking their citizens. It's Australia all over again. They won't do it. They've tried to do it here all the time. It's so obvious. What are they going to do? We are going to start writing in Serbia gun control legislation. Please turn in your guns. Do you Mm. fucking think that guns are the problem? Do you know how many guns I have? Do you know how many people I've shot? Zero. (laughs) My guns are never going to shoot anybody. There are so many guns in this 
square mile and there are <laughs> never shootings. It is people need to wake the fuck up and realize that this is a tactic. They scare the shit out of you. They tell you that mass shootings are real or they're happening or whatever, and they make you freak out, hyper focus, and they make they try to convince you that you'll be safer. There's people out there, criminals out there with guns shooting up places, and you'll be safer if you have no way to defend yourself. Right. And even though you're well, never yeah, gonna do too. that. You're supposed to surrender your right to the government. It's like, okay, yeah, but when is the government ever not committing mass shootings on innocent people and civilians? Like how often do we like all of the WikiLeaks yeah. papers were like about that. So I just, it's like, okay, so that's who should have the guns. And it's like, I understand that there are some civilian mass shootings and that's terrible. And we should figure out a way maybe to prevent that. But I don't think the solution is handing over all the guns Literally, to the government. You know? no, ver- no version of history says that great problems, great wars, great tragedies, great travesties have been waged at the hands of working people. No version of history even says that. It's always fucked up governments, fucked up institutions of power, major corporations and politicians and government. You think that the solution is to give them your guns and to give them your decision-making power? That's ridiculous. And the fact that it's the exact tactic that they're pulling off here tells me 100% they have infiltrated spies in every country in this world, including Serbia. And they're pulling off American propaganda tactics of mass shootings, take away the guns. They did it in Australia. They took away the Australian guns in the exact same way. And they try to pull it off here all the time. Mass shootings, mass shootings. And they give you false statistics. They tell you that mass shootings are like the major way for children to die. Bullshit. Not true. It's not true. So yeah, it's fear it's, tactics. Yeah, but but who cares? About, I'm just I don't even care about having the argument. I'm saying look at the pattern. This is a global agenda to do something very specific to specific types of people. Serbians are badass motherfuckers. Serbia is the kind of place where in parliament, fistfights break out. Okay? That's the kind... I'm not saying that violence is the answer. I'm saying that that's Serbia. (laughs) That's not okay. We do not want a society of strong, barbaric-seeming men. (laughs) that have guns yeah yeah Yeah. no and i was gonna say the last thing you know i would just touch on this i was gonna talk about it more but because we got pretty heated in this one you know i think both me and you but uh i was thinking about that a little bit too because i don't know why we have a culture that says that you should be apathetic and i feel like honestly People should be passionate about things. And I think it's a little weird that whenever we see someone kind of impassionately talk about something, that immediately we want to quell that. And we're like, no, that's bad. That needs to be stifled. And uh, yeah. And then I think you, it's like a kind of like to your point, it's like you create a culture of sort of like very domicile people who just don't care about anything. And you're like, that's what we want. And it's like, of course, people in power want that. And I think you should care about things because things are important. And that's the kind of gaslighting I was like frustrated with. It's like, I feel like people on the left are like gaslighting people who are like impassioned about like truth and are like, you're just, you're, you just care too much about the truth. And it's like, no, because the truth is important. Like if, if we don't care about the truth, what are we doing? Like, 
what, why are we alive? You know, like, what is the point of all this if the point is not to care about anything? You know, it's very yeah. strange ideology. It's not to live and so, and die. It's like yeah. it's like Jefferson's quote. I mean, I'm not advocating for this. I'm just telling you what a founding father one time said. The tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Which yeah. is just saying from from our perspective nowadays what that me- what the message is is you don't have to kill people. But you got to you got to stand up. Yeah, you don't, you're, we're just letting people come into our house, and there's this TikTok trend where yeah. people are coming into random houses, just sitting on their couches. That is a spiritual manifestation, physical oh manifestation God. of the reality of our society. There, wow. people are yeah. just eating your lunch. They're That's walking symbolic. right in and sitting down in your house. It's the old thing where, like, if I tell you, I'm going to come sit on your lap. In 20 seconds, and you don't protest, and I come sit in your lap, what's what's the problem? You have to protest. And I don't mean like go into the streets. I mean like, here's a, you know what a protest isn't? Going downtown, holding signs, and yelling at nobody. What a, that's just a, dis, that the kind of protest is just to show people that there are other people out there that care about this. But the real protest is when that's they come festival. and they say, it's time to have your vaccine that we just invented or any vaccine at all by mandate, you say no into my dead corpse. Go for it. I'm never getting a vaccine again. Never. So what does that mean? Can you believe that? Can you imagine a world where I'm never going to like, do you think that the future is going to unfold in a way that, that that's allowable? I doubt it, but it's, it's the fact, you know what I'm saying? So whatever that means, they know what it means trademark registered they know what it means <laughs> and that scares the the shit out of them but you know what everyone just really uh gave the those people a pat on the head and said it's okay you probably can get away with it because we all just go along we'll just do whatever you say we'll just do whatever you want more vaccines fine how many boosters seven eight nine five give me them take them i'll take them myocarditis yeah. i don't care probably yeah. won't happen to me you probably just have my best interest at heart. You, Pfizer cares about people. That's all they care about is just the yeah. health of people and no, the well-being of individuals. Back to what we were saying. That's also like a form of the delusional hope that we've been talking about. It's like I feel like people are too positive. They're like gullible almost. It's like they don't understand the real world. Like they don't want to see that like, yeah, some drag queen gay old people are pedophiles, okay? Like we do need to be worried about those people around children like because – you know, not all of them have the best intentions, just like not all politicians and all CEOs actually care about people or their communities. And, you know, I just feel like we have this like delusional gullibility where people are overly eager to extend positive intent to literally anyone, which is literally what happens in companies. Like I've been trained on like always assume positive intent. And I'm like, bullshit, don't always assume positive intent. People do have bad intent and people do want to hurt you. OK, like people are self-interested and they will put you down just to get ahead. And you need to be aware of that so that you can defend yourself because that does happen. And, you know, for right and wrong reasons. But And uh, we can yeah. hold ourselves and each other accountable without, like, complete and utter bloodshed and demoralization. Right, right. You know, like, exactly. th- things used to be a little harder, you know, like, hard, like, grittier, you know. Yeah. People used to, like, barter, you know, and, like, haggle. And it wasn't like you hated, you know— 
Johnny at the store. You just literally would be like, you know, these guys are doing something wrong. You know, they're overcharging. This has never been like this before. They're price gouging. And then the community, you know, just imagine like older, simpler times that you can, that no one wants you to not run the store. Just treat, be, do right by us, you know, right. and we'll yeah. do right by you. Treat us And then fair. everybody yeah. can get along. We don't have to like, everything doesn't have to be some long, decades long, protracted struggle session. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to be like that. And just like in my PlayStation game, whatever I said it was called, the Vikings, uh, he walks in and they're not having a party. You know, one of the Vikings walks in, they're not having a party. And they're like, why are we having a party? Like we should be celebrating. Like, yeah, there's still a lot to do, but like, so it doesn't, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter that like, it does, it sounds like black pilled and doom and gloom. And like, this is just like a hard podcast to listen to maybe. And sounds like horrible, but you don't have to think about it that way. Like for me, when I get up and walk away, like I'm, it's, it's just a moment. It's just an hour or two where you go, woo. And then you like go into church on Sunday, you walk away and then you can be refreshed. You have a new way to look at things. And it doesn't mean like, well, because of these, this bad news, I won't do anything. I'll just sit here and kill myself. No, you get up and you, like when I'm done, I've got a a ton of things to do. And now that we've had this conversation, I'll probably be motivated to do them even more. So I don't know why, but just because there's some little bit of meaning left in the world that just because the clouds are here now, doesn't mean they will be forever, you know? Yeah. Well, there's something to fight for too. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I think almost sometimes it's like it doesn't even go far enough. People never let it go far enough. They're like, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. That's scary. That's, you know, what would that mean? And it's like, I don't know. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know that we've gone far enough. Like maybe it means I don't know what revolution looks like. And I don't mean that in like a bloody way, but like Maybe it means something like maybe it means we need to get up and do something like maybe it means we need to leave our comfortable, cushy jobs and get out and take our communities into our own hands. You know, I don't and I feel like well, we get complacent. The only way to do that is to, yeah, get through this like you have to get riled up about something. You're like, you what do. actually matters? You, you have to you touch really the core do. of what's meaningful. And the way that they keep us from doing that is the opposite of that old saying one step forward, two steps, two steps back. The tactics they use, again, registered trademark, two step forward, one step back. They're still advancing on you, but you think because they take one step back after taking two step forwards that you've held your ground, mm. which you haven't. They will back you into a fucking corner and they will take everything away from you eventually. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's true. Anyway. Anyway, that was a good time. Yeah, that was a, wow.